Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Draw me nearer, draw me nearer, Lord. Draw me nearer, nearer to Thee. My soul every day. Appreciating my host and hostess and all the leaders that are in charge of this congregation for giving me the privilege today and for the next couple of days to be part of the fellowship. And it's my prayer that I will not leave you the way I have met you. That the Lord will turn things around for you. I'm taking my reading from Numbers chapter 17. Numbers chapter 17 from verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod, according to the house of their fathers. Of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, twelve roads. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony. 
where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one, according to their father's houses, even twelve roads. And the rod of Aaron was among their roads. Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth birds, bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. This report that I have just read to you is not a parable. It wasn't um, a teaching of models and models, examples, and fables. It was real. And this is my prayer today. That this same biblical reality that I have read into your ears, that I also inside the Bible that is in your hand, will turn out to be an experience that you will go home with. Amen. You will not return empty. Amen. Say aloud, amen. amen. That God turns things around. God turns things around. And for it to be beyond doubt and beyond reason, it turns drastically terrible, negative adversity, turn it around. God will turn somebody's situation around today. This was what God did to announce his endorsement and approval upon the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Because many times these leaders came into doubtful disposition when men in the public administration and the process of carrying out their ministry, they were called to question. And many times the doubts were there, did God call them or not? Even there were these fellows, Korah, Data, and Abiram, who came to challenge their call. Besides, there was also some internal doubtful challenges, people who are coming from within, people from within, relatives, where Miriam and Aaron at some point also challenged Moses because he's their brother. An internal uh, home-based enemies, they are the worst of enemies to face because they know you too well to miss their target when they shoot. They are too close to miss you. But even in that, God will be there to deliver somebody this morning. Amen. I'm just wondering if Abel was not 
the immediate brother of Cain. He would not have been able to lure him to the field to kill him, but he went with him on the account of relationship. That you were close, we were brothers. I pray that domestic home-based enemies, household cruelty will not win over you in the name of Jesus. And it comes to a day when you've been facing those challenges all your life. Push you in, push you out. And you are not sometimes confident enough to carry out your assignment. You begin to even doubt yourself. When there are too many challenges, you begin to doubt your efficiency. You begin to doubt what you know. I once met a man in Lokoja when Kogi State had just been created. And there was this migration. And I asked him on the street of Lokoja, I said, it seemed I used to know you when you were in the lorry. What's, what's your name? Then he asked me, he said, my name? I said, yes, your name. He said, um, uh, when a man is troubled, he forgets what he knows. He forgets what he teaches. When a man's internal system is disorganized, you'll be walking on your ground and your leg will be shaking. When a man's inside is in disarray, you begin to stammer to find an answer to what you teach. I pray in this service today, you will have your confidence restored in the name of Jesus. I was in a service in Agege, in the church of a friend of mine, the cross. The cross gospel mission is a church of evangelist Ebenezer Obe, and they were having their convention. And it was the Sunday morning, the convention was to end. Fifteen minutes to the end of my message, I had a loud shout in the service. Hey! And there was a rush to where the shout was coming from. Church filled up to the outside. And we didn't know what it was. Prayer band, people were being summoned from within the congregation. Please come over. They've been beckoned at. Come over. And they went there to pray. Of course, the service had become so disarrayed that I could no longer continue my sermon. Because they were no longer hearing me. We were to know later what it was when one of them suggested that they should carry this boy, he's a seven-year-old boy, who came with his parents to the convention. They came from some of the branches in Lagos. And he it was who shouted and died in the church. And when efforts to revive him was not working, one of the ushers said, let's take him to the altar. So they carried him. And they were bringing him to the altar. 
Of course, I was waiting there. I couldn't preach anymore. Because like I said, nobody was hearing me anymore. So I then knew what it was. That somebody, a small boy, had died. On their way coming, the cable of the cameraman that was on the ground, the usher bring him used leg to carry it, and the cable coil around his leg, and was drag. He was dragging the cable. The cable was dragging him. So on his, he was also going to fall down with the boy. Somebody rescue him. Anyway, they managed to bring the boy to the altar. And I collected the boy from the hand. The whole, everything was dangling. The head, the hand. So I put the boy to my chest. That day I was wearing Agbada, so I wrapped him with my garment. And I was praying. And I was using my heart to measure his heart if he was if the heart was beating at all. No sound, no movement, nothing. Then at some point, I asked the father and the mother, two of them were standing in front of the altar. I said, Ma, what's the name? Something told me I should recall the boy. So I said, Ma, what is the name of this your son? She said, the name. I said, yes. The name. She forgot. Then I turned to the father. I said, dad, what is the name of this your son? He said, the name. The name. I said, yes, the name. It was one of those who came with them from their branch who saw the boy being carried there, followed them, and stood behind them that shouted across their shoulder and said, the name of the boy is called success. The parents forgot. I pray you will not be disturbed and disorganized because when you are you forget what you teach. I put my mouth into the ear of the boy and screamed, Success! Wake up! Then the head stood. And the heartbeat restored. And they handed over the boy to the parents. And they went back to their seat. And I was in a hurry to finish my sermon. You know why. <laughs> I've never seen this type of thing before. There was nowhere to hide. If you ask prayer band to carry the boy to vestry to go and pray, everybody wants to know the result. What I'm talking about is, forget about that one. When you are disorganized 
inside. Your confidence to operate what you do disappears. You become a novice. If you come to a point in your life that anything you do, people complain. You put it there. They say, who put it there? Then you carry it. Sorry, sir. You put it there. Then somebody said, who put this thing here? They say, sorry, sir. You removed it. After a while, you won't even know where to put it. Because everywhere you put it, there's complaint. This was the situation that Moses and Aaron had come into. Israel grumbled and murmured seven times under the ministry of Moses, which was also the reason why he could not accomplish his commission. He never was able to bring Israel to Canaan. There are too many complaints. Joshua took over and brought Israel to Canaan and Israel never complained or murmured one time under Joshua. It made it easy for him to get home. May all the murmurings against your life may they cease today. Amen. Say louder, amen. amen. So God said, the way I will put this thing to an end is this. There are things God will do publicly to silence critics. If they say you don't know book and you came out with first class, if they say you are poor and you are buying what the rich cannot buy, if they say you are a fool, and you are producing the kind of wisdom wise men don't have. Criticisms against you will cease. My prayer today is that all people using mouth, running their mouth on your life, will cease. Because of the extraordinary display of God's move in your life. That's what has to happen here. And God said the way I would do it. Go around, collect a rod from every house, every family. Twelve rods. And what to do with this rod? Bring them into my presence. The Bible keeps talking of the, the tabernacle of witness. There is a place of testimony. Welcome to the house of God today. You will go home with a testimony. You've just been told about people who came in the earlier on and they went home with testimony. Your own will not be a difference. Your own will not be different. You will also go home with a testimony. You are in the presence of God where God turns things around. It has to be drastic. Drastic in the sense that this rod of Aaron that we're talking about, the rod of Moses that we're talking about, let's try to find out how long this rod had been in use. So you will know it's not a fresh rod. If it was the day Lazarus died that Jesus went there to raise him up, people will say he didn't die, that he fainted. So Jesus let him die where, where? 
rot and smell. There are certain miracles that God allows it to go really bad before he steps in. If Sarah had a child at the age of 20, 20, 30, that would not be a miracle. If Mama Elizabeth had a baby at the age of 23, at the age of 30, that would not be a miracle. And sometimes when it delays, it's to give value to the miracle. Because then we are all seeing that this is no more science. That's why the Bible says that Sarah had faith to become pregnant and have a child when it has passed the age, when she has passed the age. And you will be asking me, where was God looking when she was 20? Where was God looking when she was 30? When God appears to delay, he is trying to add value to it when it has happened. And God never delays. We talk about it all the time that God's time is the best. John the Baptist was to be the forerunner of Jesus. And there's a timing concerning the arrival of Jesus. So if you are to serve as the forerunner of Jesus, your arrival will have to key with the arrival of Jesus. So if John the Baptist was born too early, he will miss his ministry. Are you following me? Am I on my own? So you are the one answering me. You are the one I will face. You sit down there. Now, what I'm saying is this. The arrival of John the Baptist as a forerunner of Jesus had to wait till Jesus was ready to come. And Mama Elizabeth, who has been assigned the duty and the responsibility to produce John the Baptist, people will be thinking that she's barren. She was not barren. She was waiting for her time. Only when Jesus will be ready to come, will Mama Elizabeth have a child. And I'm saying that if Mama Elizabeth had been pregnant and produced John the Baptist too early, he would have aged and died before his assignment. So if the devil seems to be delaying you, rest yourself in God's time. God's time is the best. You will not miss your time. Amen. Say louder, amen. amen. Rods. And this one especially. He had been carrying this rod when he was walking for Jethro. And that's when God called him and said, what is this thing in your hand? He said, a rod. Drop it, became a snake. Carry it again, it became a rod. Put your hand here, bring it out. This rod had been in his hand when he was doing labor in Jethro's farm. And how long? You know, he was there for 40 years. And after he left Jethro and resumed duty as the one to bring Israel from Egypt to Canaan, that was not journey for 40 years. So definitely, if we are putting two and one, we will be able to say this rod would have been in the hand of Moses for nothing less than a region of there about 40 years of a rod. So it's really dry because it's been dismembered 
from the parent tree long time. A friend of mine once said, God made trees. Man made rods. It's a certain man who needed a rod went there and severed it from its parent tree. It's a certain man who needs a walking stick that goes to the parent tree and cut that branch off. It's a certain man who needs a third leg as he moves around that goes to the branch and severe it. And when he attacks the branch with his knife, he does not care about the destiny of this branch. He does not care about the fact that the parent tree needed this branch to continue to produce fruit from year to year. He does not care that certain animals will also be depending on the leaves. He does not care. People who, because of their own interests, because of their own program, they don't care about your program. Because of their own plan, they don't care about your plan. They want to use you to service their destiny. That's why they tamper with you. But you are in the presence of God this morning. The Lord is revisiting you with a view to restore you and turn you back to a fruitful vine. You remember what David said? He said, he restoreth my soul. Cut this branch and then knife dress it. Use knife to peel off the green. Peel off the leaves. Cut off the, the fruits. And turn it to a rod. Another friend of mine says, God made men. Men made slaves. When God created us, he never created slaves. He created men. But another man who needs a slave and go to the man God made and turn him to a slave for personal service, personal benefit. Otherwise, left to the slave alone, the way the way a king is born, that's the way a servant is born. The way the way we're all born the same way. God made man. Man look at another man and make a slave out of him. But we have also seen how God pick up a slave and return him to a king. Nehemiah was a slave. God is visiting somebody this morning to restore him back to what he should be. Say loud, amen. amen. He said, let it stay there in my presence overnight. 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 I don't know what God cannot do overnight. God told the children of Israel, this is why you're throwing up your shoulders and say, Abraham is our father. Say, be careful. God can make children for Abraham from stones. I don't know what God cannot do overnight. 
to ask your miracle to wait till evening time is not necessary because he who would do it when it is the evening time is also here to do it now. Overnight, the rod of Moses that had become dry and smooth due to delayed touch and hold, overnight the greenness restored. It produced leaves. And the Bible says that it budded. When you move one inch forward, it flowered. When you move one inch forward on that same rod, there were matured fruits of almonds. What the mother tree in the forest would have taken one year to achieve, one year of rainy season, one year of dry season to come by overnight, God made this dry stick to become fruitful again. And this fruitfulness was placed on this stick in, in steps of harvest. We're talking of next level, next level, next level. God has arranged it in such a way that at the time you are harvesting the already matured almonds, the ones that were just coming were also maturing. At the time before you finish eating that one, the ones that are just flowering are also coming. God arranged a harvest in such a succession to compensate you for the years that the locusts and the caterpillars have eaten. God will restore. And there is no time God is restoring anything that he gave it back in the same measure of the destruction. When God restored the captivity of Job, it was double. Today, because you have been shortchanged, I know women who didn't have children on time, we prayed for them, and when they started, they started having twins, 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 twins. I, I was the one who told them to stop. Yeah, because when you have twins six times, then you are going to have a dozen But God was coming in to compensate for the time that has been lost. That's what is going to happen in church this morning. That somebody whose time had been wasted, somebody whose time had been wasted, somebody whose time had been wasted in various ways, and if you dried up, your funds dried up, your finances dried up, your family life dried up, your joy dried up, your body drying up, this morning, you will be refreshed. Because you are before the testimony. I shared in the first church an experience I had live in Ilone. To let you know that the Bible is true. And whatever you read there, what he did before he can do again. You don't have an expired God. You don't have an expired Holy Spirit. You don't have an expired anointing. God as he was before, that's the way he is. 
That's the way he will always be. He will be there when we are no more. We met him here, we live him there. There is no, you will read in the Bible, excuse me. You will read in the Bible that God looked down from heaven. You will never read that God look up. Because above him there is nothing to look at. He can only look down. I was doing a crusade. I had a crusade. I do this crusade every year. I started this crusade in the stadium. When the stadium was no more convenient, I bought a land that is bigger than the stadium. That's where we do our crusade. And I've been doing the crusade since 1999. Recently, I asked that all the barren women who came to crusade to pray and they had children. They gathered all those children for me to form children choir. And my children choir were 300. I can never forget Mrs. Alebiosu. Her husband is a Muslim. But I was stepping out of the crusade one night and she stopped me at the gate of the Lawrence City Stadium and said, I've been barren for 16 years. My husband had taken me to everywhere. And when it's no more working, my husband banned me from attending any prayer. He traveled. That's how I could sneak out. And he's arriving this evening. So rush my prayer. Because he must not arrive home before me. So yes, you rush prayer. I say yes. So I rush it. If I couldn't pray, I just told God you had her. Because if, if my prayer was becoming long, her patience to even say amen would be running out. And I didn't see her again until a long time. The husband arrived that night, spent only one night, and traveled the next day. That one night became pregnancy. That girl is in Unilorin now. And when that girl was growing up in the house of Prince Alebiosu, Analaji, because our wife did not have child on time as a Muslim, go and get other women. So before you know it, house full. But this one that came from the prayer in the stadium was so different among the children. That Prince Alibius who decided to become a Christian. This girl is so different. Today is a Christian. I like If you want to clap, clap. I didn't beg you. I didn't beg you to clap. You are the one who has you want to clap. If you want to clap, clap. If you don't want to clap, carry your hand and put. Gather all the babies that were born here by miracle. Gather them, let them form a choir. They form a choir of 300 children. And they sang one day that made me weep. 
They said, you, our parents, you joined this ministry. We were born there. Do you understand? Parents, you joined the ministry, but we were that is to say we are going nowhere. And what I told them and gave instruction to their children, choir mistress, that Samuel grew and became God's servant in Shiloh. Grow up where you were born. Become there. Sister. Their mother joined. So I had a choir of about 600. Other people joined. I have a mass choir of 1,000. Every year when I'm doing crusade there, my mass choir is 1,000. That night, an evil wind began to blow upon us in the stadium. The rain came down, it rained without cloud. And this wind wanted to carry me from this altar and throw me down. I held the altar for 45 minutes. The altar also delivers. You will remember that when Solomon was fixing the temple, God told him to put a horn at the altar. It is with the horn animals fight. And people in trouble go to the altar and hold the horn of the altar. The altar has a protective device and factor and phenomenon to it. And it's real. So I held on to the poopy for 45 minutes. The altar is mobile. It could carry two of us. It didn't. With me on the altar, the wind left me. But went to a lorry town and blew off roofs. Went to a lorry stadium and blew off the roof of the stadium. It was in the news. And there's a tree in the premises of our crusade ground that is so big, it's big enough for the sawmill. If you put your hand around it, your hand will not touch at the back. It's so big. We pack our cars under it. This storm uprooted it. And it was on the ground with the root out for 12 days. The ushers needed to clear the place because, yeah, we can't park under it anymore, but we still need to drive, we need the space to park a cars anyway. So, they went look for saw, uh, power saw, cut off the branches and packed them up. And the log and stump that was remaining on the ground was about six feet on the ground, dry. Prayer continued. Nobody cared to pray, but we were even thinking of what to do with it. Maybe charcoal people. Twelfth day by two o'clock in the afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It didn't happen in the night. So that people will be saying, we don't know what happened. Maybe somebody brought crane to drag it up. Two o'clock in the afternoon, we have our secondary school next door. 
The principal said I was walking by. What's going on here? Suddenly, this log stood up and put its roots back into the soil. A few days after, it started to produce its leaves back. What I have read to you from number 17, I have seen with my eyes. The trees there. When I had the privilege of hosting Reverend Sheikh Madeleke, the pastor of Ikoi Baptist Church in Illinois, he visited me and said, I heard about this tree, can I look? I said, come. If you also want to come, you can come. I sent to University of Illinois a letter to request the professors of botany to come over to our prayer ground, to come over to our church and help us analyze what's going on here. A team of professors from University of Illinois visited our church and to ask about this tree, I said, look at it here. They scooped the soil. They said, it's the normal soil. They look at the grasses, the normal grass. Nothing here looks special. And they wrote their report and said that in all of the records of botany all over the world, since people have been studying botany, and in any book, that there has never been a report of a tree that was uprooted by a storm that stood up by itself. That this can only be an act of God. The report is in the archives of University of Illinois, and they also gave me a copy. I'm praying that something beyond science will take place in your life. Say loud, amen. You see, if people can analyze it, then it's not a miracle. I need something to happen in your life that is going to be beyond science. Say loud amen. amen. I have a member in my church. His name is Godwin. He came and told me that he wants to go and do a certain exam. I said, okay. Let us pray. So I prayed. And he went and did the exam. When he came back, I asked him, how was the exam? Then he breathed down. How is the exam? If I ask you, how is the exam? And you first of all, <laughs> then he get as he be. So I began, how is the exam? He said the thing. He said the thing, day one came. How it take day? He said, when I got to the exam, I found out that they set the exam inside computer. I sat down there waiting for them to distribute question paper and to give us answer sheets. They told us that the, the, the question is inside the computer. We, the computer is in front of us. So I said, hey, what happened? He said, I don't know computer. So you don't know computer, you go and do an exam that they set inside computer.
So he sat down there for 30 minutes. I said, what happened later? He said, I started to tell myself that the God of Baba Mole will not let me fail this exam. I said, that one, you for learn computer. This one, this is Baba Mole God. You for learn computer. That one will for better for you. He said, I started saying that Baba Mole has prayed for me. I will not fail this exam. So what happened? He said, I raised my hand. Invigilator! I need attention. So invigilator came and said, what happened? He said, this computer is nowhere. That is, I've been sitting down here for 30 minutes. Sometimes you bring out the red light like this. Other times you bring blue light like this. That's what I've been doing here for 30 minutes. Red light, blue light, he's been doing like that. Oh, you can put on you, but don't. Be on gun you. This computer is not. not okay. Then the invigilator said, okay, let me see what I will do. The invigilator made a mistake and pressed one button and all the answer came out. Godwin was the first person to finish. Because, you know, when the thing don't complete, you will see done. You will see ended. And when you see end, where do they sit down look? <laughs> Godwin has gone to resume before he learned computer. There is nothing God cannot do. You may not know it. You can still pass. When the grace of God upon your life has matured, you can use raw egg to crack palm kernel to disgrace stone. Rise up on your feet. Every condition that has dried up. Every condition that is dead. I'm going to cry to my God. And it will wake up now. Get ready. Get yourself ready. The kidney that is packing up. Get yourself ready. The God of life and testimony. He said, put those rods before the testimony. Your kidney has stopped working. Your heart is no more functioning at its best. And not that you are old. An attack came upon your heart. An attack came upon your lungs. An attack came upon your liver. An attack came upon your kidney. An attack came upon your womb. An attack came upon your destiny. This day you will be delivered. The Holy Spirit is going to come down to walk upon your systems to revive the dead and put life back there. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You are going to shout the name of Jesus one time and shout it big time. And ask God to come and do a miracle in your life. 
miracles will differ one from another. Not the same miracle. We don't all have the same problem. But even if we do, no problem. It makes it easier for God to deal with. The Lord who raised Lazarus from four days dead, smelling and stinking and rotting, became Lazarus that was not smelling. The Lord Almighty who turned a dry tree to a flourishing one. An adversity that came upon that tree became adversity today because University of Lawrence now is now talking about it. I'm going to pray for you now that the issues that the examiners the tests run, the x-ray the machine the experts the consultants that they are arguing about the same way they were arguing about the ministry of Moses and God said I need to validate it in the presence of doubters let me pray here today that every doubt around your destiny will fold up because you are going to bounce back to life now everybody shout Jesus you see if Bartimaeus did not know how to shout Jesus he would die blind in the presence of two brand new eyes that are passing by could you raise your hand and shout Jesus shed tears. She would die barren. And that's a woman whose womb was ready to produce seven children. Whatever happened to you and you are drying up, this is the morning service in which the great moves of God in your life will resume. And you will flourish again. For the third time and the last time you scream, Jesus! you all the areas of your life that have been destroyed those areas that have been killed and dead wake up in the name of Jesus <laughs> wake up in the name of Jesus if your brain is dead that's why you are repeating exams and repeating classes now you will pass that brain. Wake up in the name of Jesus. Dead womb. Which is the reason why you keep throwing out the baby. Every miscarriage that has become things people can't explain in a hospital. And we can't understand where your womb cannot hold the baby. Dead womb. Wake up in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Everyone who is under attack and the flying arrows are piercing through your system. 
I turn the arrow back to sender in the name of Jesus. You who is crawling upon your buttocks, silver and gold have I known, but such as I have, I give unto you. That in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you rise up and walk. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Now is your time. Rise and shine, for your light has come. For weeping may endure for a night, joy cometh in the morning. And this is your morning time. This is your morning time. This is your morning time. When money comes, you wake up. Wake up because day is breaking. This is your money time in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Release the limbs. Release the hands. Release the eyes. Release the ears. Begin to see. Let the blind see. Let the lame walk. In the name of Jesus. Every disability that had been coupled against your body. In the name of Jesus you are relieved of them. Every form of delay that has been afflicted. You've been afflicted. Your destiny of marriage, of jobs and settlement have been afflicted and you are tied down. The Bible says that our souls are escaped from the snare of the fowler. That the snare is broken. And we are escaped. The snare is broken. 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 From all over this congregation, the snare is broken. From the gallery, the snare is broken. All of you at the upstairs, the snare is broken. Young man, the snare is broken. Young woman, the snare is broken. All children, the snare is broken. All families, the snare is broken. This is the day of your freedom. The Holy Spirit is all over this congregation to work out your freedom. Why I think you are coming to sing with me is all over me. Whatever you cannot do before, it's time to demonstrate your newfound grace and newfound liberty. If God can raise a tree that is good enough for charcoal, it's good enough for some meat, God said no, call it back. If you get to my church this morning, this morning, this morning, as we are here, you get to my church, you will see chief imam, you see his wife, you see his children that have converted. Because say in 25 years, he has never seen this in Islam. The whole Quranic school closed down. They said, we've never seen this before. This why it's not the same. It's in the archives of University of Lorraine Botany Department. They're now using it to study spiritual life. It's all over me. It's turning me around. It's turning me around. It's turning me around. So Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, come in me. Come in 
Say no! 